Welcome back to the Joe Mobley Show. I am still Joe Mobley. She is still outspoken. Samantha, guys, we got an awesome show for you today. Uh, still haven't gotten any clearance with work, so no sponsors, not selling anything. This is just free entertainment for your liking. Oh, I got to close my email because it just it just dinged me, and you guys don't want to read my my email. I'm not as exciting as Hunter Biden, so no one wants to read my emails. Uh, if you are watching, or if you're listening, if you're an audio listener, then that means that podcasts are for you. So make sure that you subscribe to the Joe Mobley Show podcast. It's on all the podcast apps. It's on podcast apps that I've never even heard of. If you are the watching type, make sure that you subscribe. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Rumble, wherever you're on Make sure that you subscribe, like, and share. And while you're there, make sure that you subscribe to Outspoken Samantha's YouTube and Rumble channel. Probably more the Rumble because YouTube could disappear at any time because they love shooting strikes for... The craziest thing is you can get a strike for like content you put out over a year ago. It's like someone uh -huh. just went into the office and was like, oh, oh, I still hate her. Let me look at... Oh, okay, yeah, strike. <laughs> um last summer yeah. oh man um yeah well we got all kinds of things to get into uh how are you how are you tonight uh i'm great i think there is a lot to talk about and i think it's kind of funny because i actually just put a video on my youtube channel about megan and harry oh, and people are God. like what talking about these people and i'm like you know what sometimes i need to talk about things that are not political that are not world ending that are just ridiculous and silly so um and megan and harry megan always and harry. i know they, they, silly. They, they check all the boxes so i'm sorry for talking about something you know that doesn't involve the end of the world but that is what tonight is for <laughs> well i always tell people and it, it's a weird take to have. I get it. But why are you watching? I, I, I love the viewers. Super grateful yeah. for all. Of, I mean, Pat Flint says all the time. Um, well, actually, I think Seth Godin originally said it. But your vibe attracts your tribe. If you're mm -hmm. in the tribe, then you like the vibe. If you don't, then don't subscribe. Why is this still rhyming? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like the content, then please don't watch it. We're not here to raise your blood pressure. We're here um, to entertain, to educate, to inform, to have a good time for us and for fans of the shows. And that's really it. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, pretty much, you know, and that's something, you know, I and it's not to insult anybody. It's just if I see people put out videos on things that I'm not interested in, I just keep scrolling just keep going and i'll come back to the people that i love to watch when they are talking about something that i'm interested in so i will not my feelings will not be hurt if you don't watch my megan and harry video <laughs> i will be okay <laughs> i have not watched your marion hagen video marion hagen <laughs> harry and megan video goodness gracious um because like many of you know i started a new job this week and it's a big fire hose that they're blasting everyone with um so and that, that's all I have to say about that. But uh, it's a good time. But man, it's have a time. Have you uh, ended up in the corner, curled up in a fetal position, crying <laughs> on the floor because someone misgendered you? Or... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. 
<laughs> where they expect you to work a full 40 hour week. I mean, those, these are some pretty harsh conditions kids are faced oh, with these days. So. so true. Let me pull up the comments because they're, uh, they're people commenting. Um, if I don't see, if I don't mention your comment, it's because I didn't see it or, or because it was super casual and not relevant to what we were talking about. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Comment on. I will open Rumble and I will try. I will try my darnness. Oh my gosh, I got to open two Rumble channels. Oh no, we're not on your Rumble channel. Anyway, that's besides that. Yeah, we need to figure that out, but it's uh, okay. Yeah, you need to keep an eye on the comments because I can't see anything. So. <laughs> oh, you can't see the comments? Uh, I can see them on Facebook. Hi, Jason. Hi, Lindsay. And hi, Susan. <laughs> Thank you for your comments. <laughs> I can appreciate that over 200 people have already clicked on the Rumble video. So thank you, guys. A lot of you have clicked out. You, you were probably here because we started about five minutes late. But we started late so we can get streaming on another platform. So that's good. All right. I got that chat. I got all the other chats ready. Okay, I'm here. Hey, we're so glad that you're here. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us while we figured out some tech things. Um, I don't want to see that. I want it to go away. Boom. And I don't know how to fix the top of the like virtual background sunk an inch. Don't know why. Don't care why. Uh, not going to futz with it anymore, which is a technical term. All right. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of talking. We're going to do the short bumper for just that reason, because podcasts, if you don't have an intro or a bumper, um, it, it doesn't like you for some reason. So here we go with that. Literally, that little thing will expand the re. I don't know how algorithms work. I just know something. So for whatever reason... That little six-second thing will expand the reach of the show. And our first story, I don't know, might tank the reach of the show. Mm -hmm. Now, look, we we would never want to trigger you guys. So I, I have to let you know that what you're going to hear could be deeply offensive, deeply shocking. You know, if you are that most precious of snowflakes, then... Avert your eyes now, turn off your phone, just get out of the room, get out of the house and go over to the neighbor's house. Um, <laughs> but our fearless leader is going to tell us just how bad things are here in the States. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Oh, the sound guy doesn't I'm not like saying that. this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. So stand up against the... Samantha, I'm sorry you had to see that. I know. I know. deeply I upsetting. I appreciate the trigger warning. Um, I'm sorry that you have to deal with my white supremacy just by being on <laughs> the same screen as me. Because we know... That Joe Biden is not just talking about, you know, actual white supremacists, because that is not an issue. This is a CRT thing where he wants black people to see all white people as white supremacists. That being said, 
I don't know what a inaugural address is. Um, I kind of missed <laughs> the interpretation on that. Uh, my second question is when he says, I'm not just saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. Is there a white HBCU? In his not... book, who knows? Probably. <laughs> Guys, yeah. that's the president of the United States. <laughs> like, right. It's it's not just a problem that he's doing it. But the literal Secretary of Homeland Defense, or Homeland Defense, I'm, I'm talking like Joe Biden. Maybe something's happening to the Joes of the world. But the Secretary <laughs> of Homeland Security, I, maybe he just parrots this because he's like, oh, man, this guy's my boss. You know, I got to get in line. He can, he can fire me, you know, Trump style at the stroke of a pen. Um, but, you know... Biden's not articulate. Biden doesn't sound very presidential or anything like that. But just for the people who will ignore it, this this is being parroted at high levels of government, like like what Secretary Mayorkas like thinks and says and does, and the policies he implements actually matter. The literal homeland security. The president yesterday uh, at his commencement address uh, for the Howard University graduates called white supremacy uh, uh, the, the major domestic terror threat in this country. Is that correct? Now, I'm just going to pause it right here because my brother over here, literal black guy, knows that this isn't correct. You know mm -hmm. why? Because he's not seen a KKK rally, a Klan hood. He's not seen a burning cross. He's not seen any of those things because that stuff ended a long, long time ago. Maybe when he was a baby, maybe literally before I was born. Uh, we're not talking about racism, folks. Racism exists. Racism exists everywhere. The United States is one of the least racist countries in the world. Uh, Asian countries, extremely racist. Go over to Japan. Be a Japanese American and go over to Japan. They're even racist against you because you're not Japanese enough. Same thing in China. Same thing in Vietnam, Korea. Anyway, this guy knows that Biden is full of it because if this were a terrible place for black people, you know who would know? the black people we would know that well, and i just want to say the way that he framed this question he's saying you know this is what the president of the united states said is this correct but the Boom. correct question would have been can you provide an example you are the director of essentially you no know, security of the entire country at least to an extent what examples can you give us because of all people you are going to know so he should have stepped in and said where is this happening? Provide examples, provide proof instead of just say yes or no. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because, guys, when you hear this line from the Christopher Rays, from the Alejandro Mayorkas's, from all of their counterparts here and abroad, when you hear this phrase, know that it's bullcrap. Well, you know I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. That's fine. Don't. But you prosecute tens of thousands of crimes, tens of thousands of criminals for hundreds of thousands of crimes, year over year over year over year. So can you tell us, in the 40,000 uh, uh, violent felonies that you've prosecuted, in the 10,000 conspiracy felonies that you've prosecuted, maybe in the several thousand terrorism 
charges, espionage, whatever, that you've already prosecuted, book closed, prosecute people in prison. Can you tell us which of those were significant white supremacist threats? The answer mm -hmm. is no. Right. Absolutely right. not. But that would, man, you should be a real journalist. That would be a real journalist question. I, I, uh, I'm on it. <laughs> I gotta say, this guy's got to be a little bit more down the earth than we give him credit for because he, I think he makes $277,000 and he is rocking. If you look at this wrist, he is rocking like a $12 Timex from Target. I gotta respect that a little bit. I just, <laughs> just, just me. That's all. It so, anyway, here's what he had to say about the peril of black Americans and the rise of white supremacy. Uh, it oh. tragically is, you know, um, in the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now. Individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate, uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives, personal grievances and the like. And regrettably, we have seen a rise in white supremacy the president man well good news folks good news isis over taliban over al-qaeda all, all these kinds of groups don't worry about it we we got it in the bag nipped it right. in the bud now we need to look out for the white supremacist right well and you know just briefly because i know we don't want to spend too much time on this but back to you know biden's comments of saying you know i'm not just saying this because i'm in a room full of black people it's like dude that's exactly why you're <laughs> saying it because there are so many other issues that need to be focused on and you want to encourage these people to not focus on the issues that need to be solved do not feel like they have any power in their own lives and you want them to focus this energy on something that isn't existent so that they're like these you know run hamsters running in a hamster wheel fighting against something that isn't there so that they don't put time and energy into actually leading productive lives oops and joe biden saying that being the white guy in the room saying that is like the prime example of being a white supremacist <laughs> oh, I shouldn't play with the buttons here. I just like blew you up for a second. Yeah, I saw now, that. He he does exactly what you said. Just that's exactly that's the same reason that he played Despacito when he was in front of a room of Hispanics, and the reason that Hillary Clinton will talk with a Southern accent when she's in Alabama. And yeah, yeah. that enough said about that. Um, we spoke yep. about this either last week or two weeks ago, um, but let's just talk on it briefly so we can get into, I, I think the Durham stuff is the juicier stuff, um, mm -hmm. but the internet is still buzzing about one, oh, I'm going to mess up her name. Is it Linda? Jack? Yeah, no, Linda. Lindsay. Yeah, Linda Yaccarino. Yaccarino. Yeah, the internet is know. still buzzing about her. Where are you gonna? Where oh, are you gonna sorry. Take this one? You were waiting for me. Sorry, guys. We're really terrible at the transitions. It's like, are you gonna <laughs> talk or am I gonna talk? <laughs> well, so I will say that Samantha did a fabulous job actually preparing today's show, and this guy didn't actually read everything. Actually, I I read I read everything that you wrote. I did not read all the articles, and I don't even have it in front of me. That would be a good step one. Let me <laughs> let me get it in front of me. 
Uh, That's okay. So <laughs> you guys may have seen already, I'm sure you have, that Elon Musk appointed a new CEO to Twitter, which we all kind of figured he was going to do. Um, but it's his choice in new CEO that is really questionable because he's done so much on behalf of free speech to bring Twitter to this place where now even Tucker Carlson is going to be launching a show on Twitter. So he chose Linda Yaccarino and I can't I can't remember exactly what her role is. I should have, you know, made a note of that, but she's part of the World Economic Forum which <laughs> I I believe she's on the not... board. Yeah, I mean, she's like top of the World Economic Forum, Forum, not exactly an organization known for promoting freedom and liberty and human rights and free speech. And I, so, you know, I, I'm just trying to figure out how to frame this. So she had this interview, I'm not sure when this was with Elon Musk, not that long ago. And it's that even this just the existence of this conversation that brings a whole host of questions as to why he would choose this person. Because I think we all want to give Elon Musk the benefit of the doubt. He's done so much for free speech. Is he going to tank the whole thing now? Did he draw us all in under this, you know, false promises of protecting our First Amendment's rights? And now he's just going to blow it all up. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I think, you know, there is this interview, the first part is about a minute and 41 seconds. You can play as much or as little as you want, but I do think it's important to listen to at least a good chunk of it. Yeah. Now let, you got the timestamps in here and everything. Let's roll it. So you've got okay. a massive and Just tell me when you want to stop, you if, if you want to stop before. That okay. is a spectrum of just daily open sourced conversation and and they can conduct their lives, their business, their commerce, whatever they can do on your platform. That's a pretty big vision. But, but in the middle should be um, advertising opportunity. That sounds like a great opportunity. I can talk about my brand, I can get my customers to communicate, and then they could also buy stuff. That sounds yes. pretty good, right? You'll be able to buy things just directly on Twitter. One click, boom, done. But they need to feel that there is a, an opportunity for them to influence what you're building, that vision, what we're doing here, whether it's me trying to push and prod you uh, on your tweets. Um, for example, you've said uh, you probably shouldn't tweet after 3 a.m. Well, I've got myself Probably good into, advice for all of us. I've gotten myself into trouble a few times. Um, I'm, I'm very aware of those. Um, so after 3 a.m., you travel all over the world. Lord knows how you handle time zones in space. Will you commit to be a little more uh, specific and not tweet after 3 a.m.? People in this room would, would like to see that. It'll um, make them feel more I will, confident. I will aspire to, to tweet uh, less after 3 a.m. But, I mean, it, it is important that, you know, I mean, if I were to say, yes, you can influence me, that would be wrong. That would be very wrong. Because me, that would be a diminishment of freedom of speech. But I want to be specific about influencing. It's more of an open feedback loop for the advertising experts in this room to help develop Twitter into a place where they will be excited about investing more money. Product development, yeah. ad safety, sure. content moderation, 
That's what the influence is. Yeah, I think um, it's totally cool to say that you want to have your advertising appear in certain places in Twitter and not in other places. But it is not cool to, to, to try to say what Twitter will do. And if that means losing advertising dollars, we lose it. But freedom of speech is paramount. So I think that's kind of the first part of it. So she's talking, and I watched um, Liz Wheeler talk about this. She's trying to talk him into accepting something that's called the heckler's veto. And it's basically where if a corporation only wants to advertise on certain on sites that align with certain values, they can make censorship of opposing views a condition of doing business on that platform. So they can say that we want to advertise and sell products on Twitter, but we don't want our products to be on a platform that allows people to say things that we don't like. So that's the influence that she's talking about. But not even just that, it's the fact that immediately she tried to get him to agree to censor his own speech. Will you agree to not tweet after 3 a.m.? And that seems like such a small thing, but right there she's testing him to see, to get him, to convince him to agree to hold back his speech, even if it's just based on the time that he tweets. So right there, it's like this woman is not about free speech. She's pushing these little things that sound so easy and so benign and so harmless, but it's like the, it's these little steps that she's pushing and she's talking about a safe advertising space. Well, who decides what space? And this feedback loop, it's like, okay, so the, the people that are advertising get to provide feedback about who can and cannot speak. I mean, it's just, it's very telling, which just makes this choice in CEO so much more confusing. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I have my thoughts. So, uh-oh, here we go. John says it's a strange choice, but she could be a plant uh, in the World Economic Forum uh, years ago by White Hats. Um, I don't know about that, but... Some things that gave me a warm fuzzy or potentially a warm fuzzy um, about this is the way that Musk is framing this, that Twitter is, and I, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again because I, I think it bears repeating, that Twitter needs to be more analogous to the internet where, where an account is like an individual website, not all of Twitter, it's, hit, it's all or nothing. Either it's advertiser friendly for your whole brand everywhere in twitter and all of the strange account there are adult entertainment stars on twitter so if you're telling child back used to follow you yeah yeah <laughs> if you're selling child backpacks thank you uh she unfollowed me uh at my request so yeah it would be wild if she was a fan of the show um she's got millions of followers and i can tell you not for good reasons but anyway i digress um uh Da, 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 yeah, yeah you, you, you threw me off with the, <laughs> with the adult entertainment stars. Um, but it needs to be like like the internet. Like, hey, this account is for uh, 
firearm manufacturing. And if you want to advertise to that community, great. This is for Teletubbies or Beanie Babies or Jelly Bellies or whatever. And if you want to advertise in that community, great. But it's not an all or nothing. Whereas mm -hmm. Facebook, like I can't advertise on Facebook, Instagram, Meta, none of that stuff at all. They, they just say you're persona non grata. None of your opinions are welcome here. None of your content, none of nothing that you could possibly be affiliated with is appropriate here. It can't be that way for something that spans internet wide. Um, mm -hmm. So um, the other thing that gave me a warm fuzzy is I have a close personal friend who is friends with Linda, has worked with Linda professionally in the entertainment industry um, years ago before she went home to take care of her kids. Uh, this woman, a Loudoun County mom, um, who actually is kind of a household name. So people that watch the show, anyone who's seen Loudoun County uh, education stuff in the news will actually know this woman. I'm just, I don't have permission to share exactly who she is. Um, she said that Linda's the real deal. Um, okay. and she was watching the show. She texted me last week when we were talking about it. She texted me. She said, Linda's the real deal. So I don't know. I'm curious. That's a powerful endorsement. This woman is also just about best friends with Mark Levin's wife, uh, mm -hmm. the, the woman that I'm speaking about. Uh, so it's real. I'm really interested, really mm -hmm. interested to see how she, um, or, or maybe Elon Musk is still, he's the chairman of the board. So he can fire her butt in five seconds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be the end of Twitter. I mean, it just, you know, there's reason to give to, for people to have a little bit of pause and to wonder why he would choose this woman, but he has done a lot to fight for Twitter and to turn it into this truly like first amendment respecting space. So it's not that I think that he wants to tank it. It's just, you know, as conservatives, we are used to being burned by people and we're like, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. So we have, <laughs> I, you know, I think everybody should just proceed with caution. I hope it works out. I hope that she's this wonderful, you know, advocate for our rights as it seems like she might be, but it's, it was just a very strange development. <laughs> I mean, she could be setting up Elon Musk. He could be getting one of these. You know, as, as far as we know, any, anything true. could happen. <laughs> yeah. It's true. What would make me feel better about it is if he went ahead, if Twitter went ahead and cut the deal and made a contract with Tucker Carlson, because he went out, of, Musk went out of his way to say, like, we don't want to make it a right wing space. But then you're bringing yeah. in this World Economic Forum chick and it's like, all right, that makes it seem a little left wing. You yourself are definitely left wing. Uh so I would feel like t Twitter is, has been leftist dominated. I would feel like signing a big conservative talent like Tucker would do a lot. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. So we'll see how it goes. But we can talk about the really juicy stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's juicy, but I'm a nerd. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll see what the viewers think. Well... Um, all right. You or me? Uh, well, let's see. It's kind of a coin toss. Do you want to do Border Crisis or Durham? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I did uh, the last one. You did this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll do this one. So you're you're okay. the border gal. Do a better job than Kamala Harris. All right. <laughs> well, 
if you haven't heard the the Mueller report, goodness gracious, if you haven't heard the Durham report has been released, the investigation is finally over, even though for anyone with common sense, the investigation was over before it started because we knew exactly what happened. I knew what happened in 2016. I literally wrote a white paper about it in 2017 before this investigation even was off the ground. Um, if you want to read the whole entire thing, and you should, it is on the Justice Department's website. So type in justice.gov slash storage slash Durham report, or you can just Google DOJ Durham report and the real deal will pop up. You know you're in the right place when you see a ridiculously long 316 page PDF that looks incredibly boring. But Epic Times, Epic Times has got like 10 ridiculously good articles and like another 10 opinion pieces about this. Um, I just want to hit on like two highlights from here and then uh, Samantha can give us her thoughts. But uh, number one, the FBI did not interview people connected with the information that the agency used to open the investigation. So, you know, Samantha calls in a tip and says, hey, uh, these really bad guys, I think they're Russians and they're doing this thing uh, at this place. And they're like, we're on the case. We're going to go investigate. And she's like, are you going to talk to me? No. Why do we need to talk to you? We're the FBI. We don't need you. <laughs> like, that's a super duper red flag. I think it's good that he opened his article uh, with that. The Bureau did rush, again, reading from the article, the Bureau rushed to open the initial investigation based on unvetted intelligence from Australia, according to Durham. Uh, mm, some thoughts about that. And then uh, last thing before I toss it to you, uh, the Bureau's rushed to open the investigation and the shoddy evidence used for the premise of, who is calling me? David uh, David, I'm going to have to call you back, my guy. Uh, see, he, he must not be a fan of the show. Uh, <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> me okay, yeah, here we go. Um, the FBI rushed to open the investigation and the shoddy evidence used the premise for the probe were a departure from how the department treated other politically sensitive investigations. Absolutely true. Um, Mueller, why do I keep saying Mueller? Durham says it's an objective fact that the Bureau's handling of important aspects of the Crossfire Hurricane Meritor were seriously deficient. Um, I think that out of his professionalism, he tried not to use the word negligent or incompetent, um, but he is saying it's pretty scornful here to say it is an objective fact that the Bureau did a terrible job investigating this, handling information, handling the sensitive and political aspects of this whole freaking dumpster fire. Um, you got to understand for like a prosecutor, for a special investigator, this is that line is a scathing indictment against everyone. And the Bureau said, oopsie, we're sorry. Mm -hmm are mm -hmm. bad so what what are your thoughts oh my goodness well i mean if you if anybody had been paying attention from day one i mean we knew that the minute this dropped okay maybe not the minute 
But I mean, it was pretty obvious that this was a political job. Like this was completely politically motivated. I mean, with everything that they accused Trump of, I was always like, okay, where's the evidence? What is going on? Like, I don't want to support somebody who's corrupt. I don't want to support somebody who is doing shady things in our elections or being, you know, disrespectful to our vote or whatever the situation. I don't want to vote for people like Biden, essentially. I don't you know, I want to look into things and I want to trust that when the FBI comes out and says that they have reason to believe that there is collusion between um, then a presidential candidate um, and, you know, our election situation, you know, that that's all going on, that the FBI is saying that I don't have to be like, but is it? Are they lying? Um, the fact that first, you know, who was it? Um, Hillary Clinton, Obama, Biden, James Comey, all of these people were briefed on this plan because this was a plan devised by the Clinton campaign to create this narrative, to stir up a scandal against Trump. And they all, you know, got together and said, this is what we're going to do. And you're, then they start being super kind to say that they were briefed because of the, the inner agency ness of this. Yeah. The, the president was directly involved. President Obama was directly involved. You can't get this type of inner agency cooperation without yeah. the express permission of the president, not a secretary, not a department head, not some random, yeah. you know, like Bud Light advertiser, just fire number six chick or whatever. You you need the head honcho's blessing to do something like this. Yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, bottom line, they all knew that this was crap. And the FBI knew, you know, I think it's quoted in the report is saying that they had zero confidence <laughs> or something like that in the information that they had in their in their hands at the time that this in investigation was launched they had zero confidence in the the stuff that was being presented to them to indicate that any of it was true that any of these accusations were true and they went with it they went with it they launched this thing that took three years of investigations. I think it cost somewhere like $40 million. They, there was the creation of this steel dossier, what came to be known as the steel dossier. They tried oh, yeah. to pay people to make this legitimate. They went to a guy that come to find out his name, uh, Igor Danchenko, that was actually a Russian agent himself. At least that's what we are being told to try and make this information look true, to try and find some way to make this look legitimate and provable in court. And they couldn't even pay somebody to make it look real. It <laughs> no. And a bunch of people denied them. A bunch of people are like, nah, I, yeah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> yeah, they took the money, but they're like, I got nothing, I can't help you. And they still went to the news, what, every single day, Adam Schiff out there saying, I have uh, irrefutable evidence that Trump Adam Schiff needs to go to prison. He does. Oh my gosh. But it's not, it's not like he was just saying, you know, there is evidence exists. He was out there saying, I have personally laid eyes on irrefutable evidence. Repeated yep. it, repeated it, repeated it. And not one journalist thought to stop and ask, maybe we need to see it. <laughs> or even, he, 
if we're not going to show it on national television, at least have the wherewithal to say, and many of them have done this. Anderson Cooper has done this. Respectable journalists, uh, uh, Donna, what's her face, have said, hey, look, we don't need to show it on screen, but I need to see it. Like mm -hmm. me personally, mm -hmm. I need to see it. And then I can say to my audience with the trust that I've built up that I have seen it. It's not just Adam guy. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a household nickname for him uh, that Adam I won't say. It's not just his bumbling word. Oh, I've I've seen it. We and he was just hoping, like the Trump elevator video. He was just hoping this has got to exist. It's got to show up. I'll, I'm just gonna manifest it. I'm just gonna yeah. name it and claim it, and then it'll drop in my lap. And it never came. They looked and they looked and they looked. Um, I'm so glad that you brought up the Steele dossier because that there's an interesting part. Not even in the weeds, guys. There's an interesting part about it in the in the actual report. Um, so the FBI and their fearless leader, Director Christopher Wray, basically says, hey, guys, our bad, you know, um, but not only our bad, the the conduct that went on there. We already stopped doing that. That that stuff was that was James Comey stuff. That was 2009 to 2017 stuff. I'm the good guy. We've read it out all of that. We've already implemented dozens of corrective actions. Can you name any? No. Can you tell us about how any of that stuff works? Oh, no, that would be tradecraft and bureau secrets. Uh, can you tell us at any times that these new measures have been successful? Oh, well, we can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Just so you know what some of these practices are. If, if you go and like, I think it's page 12, the Steele dossier, they're talking about Perkins Coy and the whole thing, you know, where them as an international law firm acting on behalf of the Clinton campaign and behalf of the DNC, they retain Fusion GPS, which is an American based investigative firm who turns around and hires uh, Christopher Steele, who's described as whatever orbis business intelligence he describes himself as a former intelligence official with the british government i gotta tell you guys right now that is illegal that is completely illegal if i even had a dream about doing this the government would throw me in prison for the rest of my life not a joke but here's the thing here is the thing which makes it hook line and sinker they defrauded the fisa court they lied to them because they they said they said that they needed to protect the sources. They said that they couldn't, uh, they were still investigating and couldn't validate the trustworthiness of the source. We now know that source was Christopher Steele. We know that as a fact, okay? And it says right here in the Durham report that these are Durham's findings. Steele described himself as a former intelligence official for the British government and was also at the time an FBI CHS confidential human source intelligence so this dude i don't even know how they did this i'm mm -hmm. unaware of how this can legally be done but whatever this dude who was literally sas british intelligence like british cia was a confidential human and source and intel a human an intelligence a human intelligence source for the fbi 
So then it's like he's got a security clearance. He's got credentials. He's heavily cleared. He's read into stuff that we've never even heard of. Of course they could verify. Of, but they couldn't say that it was him because he was getting paid through Orbis, through Fusion, through DNC, through Clinton campaign. And they, they say that we're the ones doing shell games. They got Hunter Biden and his $3 million mm -hmm. paintings. They got Joe Biden out here doing fraud to get prosecutors fired in the Ukraine. And then they got stuff like this. And they, they're hoping that too much time has passed for us to care. And it blows my mind. It makes my blood boil. Man, yeah. I can't believe I wanted to go and work for those guys once upon a time. I know. Well, and there are a lot of people that have come out, like from the FBI, especially after numerous, it seems like we just keep getting more stories of corruption. And they're like, I just wanted to go and fight for the good guys. I wanted to go and protect, you know, American citizens and fight terrorists and all of these things. And there are good people in there. But when you put the FBI and the CIA and, you know, these high intelligence agencies through, you know, if, if when you put this kind of thing out there, there is no trust left. There is no reason. You can't just call something like a three-year investigation that was completely fabricated and that you knew it was fabricated. You can't just call that a misstep. And, and then when you're coming out and you're refusing to investigate people that are actually committing crimes right now, like the Biden crime family, like Hunter Biden, um, that tells me that you haven't corrected anything. And like you said, that they're just hoping that we're just going to go along and take their word for it. Um, mm. And it's just not going to happen, which is really unfortunate because... We need the FBI. We need a high, you know, intelligence agency and a law enforcement agency in this country. But this one can't be trusted. So what are we supposed to do? The whole thing is just really upsetting. Um, you said something that sparked my little brain. Uh, one, the FBI needs to go back to law enforcement. They... I'm, I'm not convinced that they have a substantial need to take on an intelligence function. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I remember. The other thing is they're not really focusing in on what this actually was. They're, they're being vague enough to get us to forget the particulars. And the particulars are the the subjects of this investigation weren't like CEOs of companies, like the CEO of Walmart and the CFO of Amazon are caught in a conspiracy. This is government officials at the highest level across all of the agencies conspiring with the blessing of the sitting president and the former corrupt, you know, secretary of state slash failed presidential candidate and the DNC and their billions of dollars of backing and Hillary's campaign. This is all of them collaborating. Some would say conspiring, but we'll say collaborating to plot against the, the candidate and then the sitting president of the United States. Yeah. This is like, this is like stuff that went on, not a call for violence. This is like stuff that went on, in Lincoln's time where mm -hmm. they ultimately conspired and killed the president. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Like yeah. it's, 
it's nuts. And then they turn around and look at us and say, January 6th, we almost lost our country to three grandmas and a guy with a horn hat and no <laughs> weapons. Meanwhile, they got spies out here with freaking black cards buying up all kinds of equipment. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't be convinced that they are not actively trying to topple the government and, and make it into a totally different kind of government. Oh, I 100% believe that. Call me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but they, they're trying to topple everything that this country stands for. Uh, but I thought it was really funny. Um, not funny. I don't know. Adam Schiff, in a, in a follow-up article, when people were asking him um, what he thought. Where did I put it? Oh, man. I, I typed out or I uh, copy and pasted this quote, and now I can't find it. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. It says, when asked by the Epic Times about the Durham report's conclusion of no collusion between Trump and Russia and whether the lawmaker stood by his claims to the contrary, Schiff replied, if you read Mr. Durham's report, what he said is that there wasn't evidence of collusion before they began the investigation. That's obviously a very important distinction to make. And it's like, you're admitting that they had no evidence of collusion, no evidence for the reason that they started the investigation. And to me, it might just be me, but you need evidence to launch an investigation. This is not a country where we have guilty until proven innocent. And you notice in all of these news clips, everything that they kept repeating is, well, it hasn't not been proven. It hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. but it hasn't been disproven and it's like that's not how it works you don't just put crap out there and arrest somebody and say well hasn't been disproven that makes them a criminal that's that's yeah. not the justice system we want guys they've been watching too much law and order i'm so glad i have that sound effect i know it's so appropriate so it's just the whole thing is infuriating just i don't know i I think maybe I still have like PTSD from that three years, but it was nonstop. It was relentless. It was every yep. single day. And they incited so much division and so much hate against Republicans because of it. Like now we're just known as Trump supporters. Now we're just known as MAGA Republicans. And there are still people that believe for whatever reason that this Russian hoax thing was still true because they just heard it ad nauseum repeatedly every day that it was true. So I'll throw in my fresh conspiracy. We're, we're near the end here, but I'll throw this in. It transitions to your topic. Okay. You know, Hitler went after the youth, famously had the Hitler youth. They took over the schools and they were reeducating people and blah, blah, blah. But now if the American leftists, if the progressives, if they really want to accelerate this thing, then they need fighters now. They they don't they can't have, you know, waiting for six year olds to turn into 16 year olds. So it's like, where could we get an influx of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands and over the years, millions of people? And then we look to the southern border. Oh, there it is. There it is. Where Guys, can they find you know all these that the people? border is secure? <laughs> oh, my wow. goodness. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, I'm sure you do. Title 42 was lifted on the 11th, which was a week ago today. 
And it was the last kind of remaining policy in place that gave border agents any kind of leverage to essentially detain people without really being given a hard time by the federal government that keeps insisting that the border is closed and secure. Well, that was lifted. Um, and this is Alejandro Mayorkas, again, keeps going on, uh, you know, with these news agencies and telling us how secure the border is, that there hasn't been a surge. I think he even said that they, that um, crossings have gone down and decreased by 50%. And if that's a decrease by 50%, I don't want to know what an increase is because it looks like things aren't going so well. So this is actual footage. Oh, do you footage. know this the bait and switch after. that they did? The, the bait and switch was it was a decrease because they had such an exorbitant spike two, three, four times uh, the amounts mm. of migrants ever before. Um, so if they count those two days after, uh, say, they had their most record highs, they're like, oh, yeah. we actually cut it by 50%. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like having uh, a clogged drain. Like the, the water is just spiraling and spiraling and then everything gets so plugged up, everything stops. And they're like, hey, look, it's and you're like it's just bottling up waiting to explode so there are all of these people that are just waiting they're making their way there there are videos of people saying thank you biden and alejandro mayorkas is out there talking about how successful the border has been and it is just unbelievable if you well, want to hear again, at least there are no terrorists coming across the border right. surely they're vetted or, for that or or are there <laughs> except for the terrorists that they've been finding crossing the border <laughs> oh man right. can't talk about that that would no. that would make us racist <laughs> oh. um Is this one of the first clips? How can we tell that it's working, yeah. Mr. Secretary? Because all we see is a lot of people at the border trying to get in. Well, that is that is a phenomenon, by the way, that is not unique to our southern border of the United States. It's something we're seeing across the entire region. But I've been very clear that our plan is going to take some time to show results. How can we tell that it's working? Mr. Secretary, we, they've we just had need three to years. Let people in. They've had and three years. How much more down. time do they need? Who knows? I I don't know what these. I don't know what the newscasters are thinking, and I know what the officials are thinking. I can say whatever the heck I want, and they are going to make it sound better. They're going to agree. They're going to carry my answer further than I even offered. Yeah. yeah. What a sweet gig, you know. <laughs> just to say whatever you want. Pretty sure I'd get fired if I did that at my job. <laughs> just say whatever I want and be like, peace. Um, this one is another one where he's talking about how confident he is in the plan working. I just feel like this body language says it all. He's like, oh, crap. Everyone can obviously right? see this is a 
freaking disaster. The border's just blown open. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, t tell us tell us how awesome it is. Yeah. Point. How long is the situation going to go on, and is it going to get worse before it gets better? We we have said all along that this period of transition from using a public health authority to our traditional immigration authorities is going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. But we have a plan. We've been executing on our plan. It will take time, but we have confidence that our plan will work. It has worked in the past. And at this point... I think that if he keeps... He thinks that if he keeps saying the word plan, that people are going to think he actually has a plan. Oh, they have a plan. They have, I, I'm going to tell you guys what the plan is. The plan is uh, migrant comes across, immigrant, whatever. They used to be called illegals, and I, apparently that's racist now. Uh, they come across. I just need a piece of paper. Um, they say, hey, don't, don't go in the water. Don't deal with the barbed wire. Just come over here. We'll open the gate. Um, uh, what's your name? Okay. I don't need to see any ID. Just tell me what your name is. And, uh, okay. You're uh, five, four, whatever. This is a court date and you need to go. And then they go, Oh, when's the court date? Is it next month? They said, no, no, no. Uh, it's in June, 2026. And you need to show up to this court date. Okay. It's in, it's, uh, two and a half, three, four, five years out. Okay. Just make sure here I'll circle the date. You're definitely going to hold on to this little piece of paper until, you know, 2028 or whatever. Um, just show up, show up at the courthouse, uh, courthouse yeah. here in Texas. You'll be in New York or Jersey or Florida, wherever. Right. Um, but welcome to the United States. And then they give yeah. them a phone and a bag of money and all kinds of, not a bag of money, but like <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're shipping them up to, and I, I forgot to include clips of this, but they're shipping them up to New York and Chicago. And then the people of Chicago and New York are flipping out because they, they can see that they don't have enough resources, but they're kicking people out of hotels in New York. They're kicking out veterans. They're kicking out, they're, they're taking up places in um, high school gyms in these areas to house them, to put a roof over their heads. I even saw an article where <laughs> there was a bride that had like 30 rooms canceled in this hotel, like her weddings in a couple of weeks. They canceled all oh. of the rooms that she had booked and they're letting them, you know, uh, letting the all of these illegal immigrants come in and take all of those rooms. And according, I mean, they haven't said this, but, you know, the belief has been in the past that we should be willing to make these sacrifices, that this is something that we should be able to do. So I think the people in Chicago and New York should be grateful for this opportunity to act on the things that they have told us for years they believe in that they are so much more humane and caring and this is their opportunity to show us that yeah just like they did in martha's vineyard i know right that, that one story you mentioned pissed me off i was in the car when i heard it uh, i was driving i don't remember remember where i was driving um but they came on and they described it and how insidious it is because there are nonprofits that their their business their the purpose of their nonprofit is to temporarily um like temperate permanent housing for homeless vets to put them up in hotels at discounted rates and for the government to come in and be like all right what are they giving you 90 bucks we'll give you 92 bucks 
and mm-hmm. just know that the policies of the hotel, not any worker at the hotel, not even middle management at the hotel, but the policies in their service now or in their Oracle, whatever, whatever systems they have in place when you enter that bid in, it's going to take it. It's going to see you know, a $2 or $5 increase over a block of rooms for this period of time. It, it's going to see it as like a substantial increase and it's automatically going to kick it out. And they knew this. They, from having gone on one TDY, you would know how these systems work. And to just know yeah. that someone in the government, probably with Mayorkas's or Biden, or maybe if Kamala Harris pretended to show up to work one day, maybe with her blessing, said, oh, hey, kick out all the homeless vets and they'll be fine. They still have their disability benefits until we take those two, which they're literally trying to do in Congress, which is super interesting. Uh, give the money to Ukraine, give the money to the Mexicans crossing the border or whoever else is crossing the border, jihadist and, and all kinds of things. Um, but the disabled vets, if we could take their money, because, you know, they yeah. did their thing. We took care of them while they were in. And now they're a burden on the system. Yeah. It's yeah. super weird. I thought they were socialists. They're not even doing socialism right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it um it's absolutely mind boggling. And these these leftists that said they wanted sanctuary cities and they wanted open borders and then it's our job to take care of all these people, they still I don't hear any of them saying close the border, like get the border under control. They're just saying, don't send the problem to me. And I don't know at what point, if ever, they're going to say, hey, maybe the reason we wanted the borders closed is because this is devastating to everybody because we don't have the resources to handle this massive influx of every single person in the world that wants to come here. We don't have the ability to house everybody, to feed everybody, to give everybody jobs, to vet everybody and make sure that we're safe. We can't do that. That's why we have to have a slow and steady uh, immigration system where we can do things the right way and make sure we know who's coming into the country and making sure that we can take care of them and not at the expense of our own citizens. I don't think the light bulb is ever gonna come on, ever. Um, They're just gonna be mad if we send them to their city, but as long as they don't have to deal with the issue, it's, it's fine. I don't even know what else to say. The, the border situation is just super disheartening. Um, just, yeah. just like so many. It's interesting. I was talking with a friend of mine because uh, a lot of people know I was in the military for 11 years, but I never went over to a sandbox. No foreign deployments. Um, my most intense service, I... I combated human trafficking in southwestern United States, in the southwest region, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Um, So for me, like the loss that people feel with the ridiculous pullout of Afghanistan and how the war effort was kind of just thrown away, that's how I feel about the border and and the work that so many people do fighting human trafficking. And then they're just like, oh, F it. We're in the White House now. Just do whatever you want. And meanwhile, they're they're flying around pedos on jets, you know, to private Mm -hmm. sex slave islands. The whole thing is just. Yeah, super upsetting. Um, Yeah. Can I share my conspiracy theory about the whole thing? 
Go this for is... it. So <laughs> Someone just did know... a thumbs up when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> conspiracy theory type. We need a sound effect for that. Um, so Here, we... We got one. Um, so we can see the Biden administration is doing an absolutely terrible job. Everything in our country is under crisis. Everything is terrible. And yet they still go on, you know, the White House press briefings with KJP. They put Alejandro Mayorkas out there. They put Biden out there, you know, total denial of the things that people are suffering with. And we know that there is an election coming up in like a year and a half. Is it? No, it's like a year. I don't know. I don't know what year it is right now, <laughs> but it's not that far away. And you're looking at all the things that they're doing and you're like, how could they possibly be doing all of these things, knowing that every single person in the country is suffering and they're not even trying to hide it um, and still have confidence in the idea that they could win the next election fairly. This open border, all of these people that we just saw on those tapes, these are the next voters for the Democrat Party. <laughs> these, these are the people that they're bringing in to support their party. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was like, wouldn't it just be amazing if these people were coming across the border and they were just like sponsored by Dominion, like they had like Dominion track jackets <laughs> and like water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just. <laughs> Great minds. <laughs> I, <laughs> true, but it's just, it's like, how can the Biden administration continue to do what they're doing and not care with this election coming up so close and still think that they have a chance to win? It's like, these are all their voters. These are all the people that they're bringing in. I truly honestly believe that. I don't care if it's a conspiracy theory. Um, yeah. Nope, I, I can, I co-sponsor that conspiracy theory um but i do know with the election cycles they're in the clear because yeah. um the stuff that everything before october of this year is going to get memory hold um it's it the the news that makes it into the election to the big mainstream campaign stuff is a year and a month so the elections in november a year and a month is october of this year so okay. they are going to pull out all the stops this summer we're gonna see terrible policies rapid escalations of all of these bad stupid poo-poo ideas and then they're going to start to act semi-reasonable but still mostly crazy from october to about february February on, they're going to clean up their act completely. They're going to be memory holing. They're going to be mind screwing everyone and and trying to sound like Republicans again, where they're like, you know, we just want reasonable this and that. We want to control the crime rate and bring wages up and put spending down. And it's that's going to be February to November. Um, right. And, you know, America's like we, we don't remember anything. We don't even well, remember 9-11, and we vowed to never forget. <laughs> like, well, unfortunately, we have a track record of doing that. It's like our, our attention span and our memory just seems to be completely down the toilet. So 
it's it's disheartening in a lot of ways. That's why we keep talking about these things. We're like, guys, don't forget, gas was like seven dollars a gallon not that long ago. Um, you know, the the 2020 riots probably shouldn't forget about any of that, or the fact that the crime rate in like every single city is skyrocketing, or the fact that none of us can afford groceries, and you know, whatever it is, pick a topic. Like, keep these things in mind because. We cannot do another four years of this. Nope. nope. All right. Well, do you want to bump Miller Lite to next week? Let's just let's just end on a funny note, just really quick. I mean, we're at just over an hour, but if you guys have seen the Miller Lite ad, we were, we just need to play it because it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well. I also need to play this one just because it's funny. Uh, Whoa, that's not a Miller Lite. No, light beer is light beer. Um, no, Miller Lite has more taste. A strike two. One more, I'm taking your man card. My man card? What was strike one? Hey, B, you going to the bathroom. You coming? What? Come on. Man up and choose a light beer with more taste. Grab a triple hops brewed <laughs> Miller Lite with that great Pilsner taste. Ladies room? You <laughs> was that recent no that was that was like uh early 2000s okay so back when beer ads were actually funny and not and people weren't getting offended by everything so guys the, you saw this all is the, the, the new new <laughs> yeah ahead. so we saw what happened with bud light and there are i mean bud light is still tanking i wish that we could take that momentum and that you know that action to like everything that the left tries to turn woke, but some for some reason, Bud Light is taking the brunt of what we should be doing to all of these brands. But this is a commercial that is by Miller Lite. The funny thing is, is this commercial actually, from what I understand, came out before the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing with that Bud Light stuff. And I've heard, I don't know if this is true, I've heard that Bud Light like kind of shed some light on this to kind of take some attention off what they were doing. I don't know 100% if that's true, but I saw this ad and I was like, really? <laughs> so, just so, for fun. Um, Fred, Fred says, read the comments, please. You know, we've had a lot more people show up for the lives because of all of you are outspoken Samantha fans. So here's what we'll do. Next week, we'll just do four stories. We'll try and do four 10-minute segments, and we'll do 10 minutes interacting in the comments. Um, so we'll yeah. we'll for sure have time for that. Uh, so, Fred, please come next week. Here, I'll throw another one of your comments on the screen, and uh, we will do that. Promises. Here's a little known fact. Women were among the very first to brew beer ever. How did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Wow. She meant to say, here's a useless fact, but whatever. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> Wild. It's time beer made it up to women. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their <laughs> but the whole beer industry's <laughs> Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this <laughs> and buying it back so that they can turn it into good <laughs> for women brewers. First, we turn the bad into compost. Then we feed compost to worms. Push out beautiful fertilizer. That good helps farmers grow quality hops, which is then donated to women brewers to make their own really good 
but there's definitely more shit out there. In your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any shit you got into Miller Lite and they'll turn that into good shit too. Oh. So here's to women, because without us, there would be no fear. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That was so dumb. Now, my first impression of it was like, <laughs> what? who wrote the script for this? Like, just, I'm like, it, it makes them sound dumb. But yeah. overall, the idea, I love that he said that women were among the first to start brewing beer. It's like among, meaning that men were involved too, because there's Despite what people say, there's only two genders. So if, if women were among the first to brew beer, then the other people that they were among had to be men. Second of all, it's like the polar opposite of this Dylan Mulvaney thing. Like, I don't know. They brought in Dylan Mulvaney to pretend to be a woman, and that was offensive. And now Miller Lite is on the opposite spectrum, and they're like, we just hate men. We just hate all men. All men suck. <laughs> It just was so incredibly feminist garbage that <laughs> I was like, can we just sell beer? Can we just have beer and uh, just be funny and go back to like the frat boys? And I don't even care about the women in bikinis at this point. Like, stop being political. Stop trying to send a message. <laughs> I, I'm not going to comment on the women in bikinis. Um, or on the fact that the uh, the women in the commercial, the the women actresses in the commercial were not very attractive at all. We'll just leave that to the viewers to debate. But so much of the history of that was fake news. Uh, that that's like Russia saying we were among the first to land on the moon. It's like, but you weren't for. <laughs> no, someone else did that. So it's like, well, yeah. men made beer and then women started making beer. And, and now that there are so many genders, we were the number two gender. We were among the first. <laughs> now, also, I just want to talk about, I listened to the non-dubbed one. Just hearing all of the women say the S word. Yeah. You... It, there was something not natural about it. There was maybe one time with one of the women where it was like that sounded natural and believable. And it's almost because they're trying to take something that's not just delicate, but beautiful, worth protecting, um, you know, worthy of all that society sacrifices for it, women. Mm -hmm. And bastardizing it, making it something it's not. Like, women don't cuss like sailors because traditionally sailors were men. The Navy yeah. song, it says, you know, it references boys and men. It, not like, come on, girls, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like the official song of the United States Navy, um, which I had a commander one time that ordered an army vocalist to change, um, change the lyric from... Um, something batting down the something, my boys, uh, bring out the men or whatever. She told him to change it to whatever. And I, you know, I was the sergeant. So he asked me and I was like, look, 
do whatever your conscience tells you. I said, but I would say that that's an unlawful order because the United States Congress and the Department of the Navy have not changed the song. It's this mm -hmm. is the authorized version. Now, of course, they'll change it now, I'm sure. They'll be like, you know, come on, all you queer, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, freaking Navy yeah. can't catch a break. That that was just a completely useless commercial. You know, maybe if women didn't do stuff like that, men wouldn't need to drink beer at all. Maybe we could just be in the study <laughs> with a cigar and a bourbon. Maybe they'll, and a they'll sell a lot of beer now. But I'm glad that you brought up the fact that all of these women kept saying that the S word. Because I brought that up in my original post. And I'm like, maybe I'm just too sensitive about stuff like this. But no. I don't talk like that. I don't know a lot of women who do. And it's not that I'm like, you know, I get offended or, you know, I clutch my pearls every time somebody curses <laughs> around, like swears around me. I don't swear a lot just because I don't, you know, and I don't have judgment for people who do. But I really think that it was, it, like you said, taking something that is generally viewed as, you know, delicate and a little bit more soft. And it's like this effort to make women sound more like men and this constant push to make women be men. And it's like, <laughs> why do we have to do this? And <laughs> You see your mom's comment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. She only did that once to my brother when we were kids. <laughs> I had my mouth washed out with soap. I also received a few spanks. I told my grandpa I would fork him up. I had a fork, too. Oh this guy was a vietnam vet he was like excuse me <laughs> like, oh, really? spank at the dinner table oh yeah yeah, yeah. what yeah. was i thinking anyway right so no i completely agree and people were like well i don't have a problem with the language and i'm like i just it's like you said it's so unnatural it was so unnecessary it's unnatural coming from them especially yeah. i'll just be honest the weirdest one for me was the farmer girl who was yeah. like down in the manure when she yeah. says it i'm like she doesn't curse like yeah. i could i could tell just they want they couldn't even get good actresses for this to like right. hey pretend like you're this type of woman yeah. but you're not yeah, yeah, it was so, I know, I thought, I'm like, all of these women are supposed to be, like, successful and hardworking. I'm like, I guarantee they're not talking like that. So the whole thing was so, and I mean, one more point, I, I've heard a few people mention this, like, you know, they put women in bikinis. This wasn't an act of force. Nobody forced these women to put on a bikini and advertise beer. Like, this is what they, you know, the, the ad campaign that they chose, and these women willingly showed up to participate in it like it yeah yeah this wasn't something that was forced on women and up until you know five minutes ago nobody really had a problem with it until bud light decided that we needed to put men in dresses in beer ads and then the whole thing just went downhill <laughs> and then we we're just supposed to be offended by how beer has been advertised up until like last month and yep now we're just in free fall i was uh yeah um the last thing i'll say is i was watching amazon did um jack reacher they did a series reacher and there's this black detective in it um and he he's a former attorney he's very well educated and he just doesn't like it when people swear um, so every time someone does it in the show he has this line he says uh he says kirsten's a sign of uh 
he says sign of a weak mind and an even weaker character and like he says it all the time but then at the end he like tells this one guy like f you he was like the big bad guy it was good <laughs> but um i don't know i've that video made me think of that and i've watched yep. this this uh little series like months ago uh, yeah anyways anyway we just wanted to end on kind of a lighter note that was i'm sure yeah it was just dumb it was stupid <laughs> Yep, that's the right S word for that. Guys, yeah. if you haven't, like, share, subscribe, do all the things in all of the places. If by some, you know, something in the universe you were seeing this on YouTube, definitely make sure you like and subscribe there because they hate it. And if you share it, like share, they hate shares because it's uncontrollable. Like you take it outside of the app and text it to someone, someone at YouTube has a panic attack. Uh, so make sure that you do that. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the whatevers. I'm the Joe Mobley on everything. If not, then it's the Joe Mobley show. And she is outspoken yep. Samantha or outspoken Sam on, on just about everything. Well, actually, yep. it's literally on the screen. It's outspoken underscore Sam. <laughs> yep so go to youtube rumble let's really try to support rumble because i always feel like our days on youtube are numbered as joe will tell you his whole channel just got tanked a couple of months ago and that hurts so i've been trying to build up my channel on youtube but i'm always really nervous about it because I never know, you know, the next day when I log on, if it's still going to be there. So let's try to support Rumble more. Um, you know, Twitter seems to be good. Facebook, again, another one of those situations where you just never know if you're still going to be on it. <laughs> so. This one's crushing on Rumble. 233 for the hour. There's 23 people right now, which is way high for me i will show you guys because yeah like videos normally get whoa this one got a thousand it's it's because you were in it uh, it must be i get that yeah. all the time i'm yeah. telling you it's that, i'm it's that white supremacy <laughs> 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 all right guys uh obviously this is the 199th episode so next week is the 200th episode if you think we should do something special let us know. Send me an email, ask at djomobileshow.com or message somewhere on one of those apps. And um, yeah, maybe we'll just watch liberal lib fail videos for an hour. That would be funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for All hanging right. in. We'll see you next week. Have a good night. Out to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.